I'm Kathy Weinger with Cottle Creek Ranch in Gonzales, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, there is still some Texas wheat left to harvest. USDA says we have 97% of the crop out of the ground, but we're having a hard time getting that last 3% done. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The rising cost of feeder cattle is putting pressure on feed yards. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Recent rural land sales on the South Plains of Texas, the big country, and northeastern Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll go to all three locations and learn more just ahead on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Wheat harvest is about done here in Texas with USDA saying harvest is 97% complete. But there's still that 3% out in the field and some of that is in the northeast Texas panhandle. Daniel Sell farms east of Perryton and says the constant rains there have thrown a monkey wrench into all of his harvesting plants this year. Well, we're a dry land farm, and it's nothing to brag about. We do have some wheat to cut this year, if we can get in. I kind of feel bad saying this, but we hadn't even cut a field of wheat yet. Just because we were so busy trying to get Milo in, we didn't have the time, and then those big rains came in. And yeah, we do have some wheat fields to cut, but they're nothing to write home about. Sell says it's the wettest year he's ever seen in the northeast corner of the panhandle. It prevented him from getting all of his sorghum planted, but on those acres he did get planted, he's hoping that moisture will result in a bumper crop. There's a new way to access and analyze prices from livestock auctions. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has launched a new tool to make it easier to find market information for cattle, goats, and sheep. The Livestock Auction Dashboard allows users to see information from different markets and commodities throughout different time frames. It allows users to easily compare and analyze five years of historical data. USDA says the dashboard includes data already published through the My Market News platform, but it also offers the new benefits of dynamic visualization and easier analysis. A link to the dashboard is available on the Texas Farm Bureau website. You can also search USDA AMS 
Livestock Auction Dashboard. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A big hurdle has been jumped in the 2023 Farm Bill debate. Food stamps or SNAP benefits seem to be a point of contention in every Farm Bill debate, but West Texas Congressman Jody Arrington says the recent debt ceiling deal resulted in reforms to the SNAP program. Every year the big rub is reforms to the food stamp program versus uh, the resources needed to make the farm programs uh, a meaningful and responsible uh, safety net. And I think we've, we've made that uh, negotiation, we've dialed it down a lot by dealing with some of the SNAP stuff ahead of time. Arrington is the chairman of the House Budget Committee, and he says he's in constant contact with House Ag Committee Chairman G.T. Thompson about the funding for the Farm Bill. The rising cost of feeder cattle is putting pressure on Texas High Plains feed yards. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. Brady Miller with Texas Cattle Feeders Association says, according to cash basis calculations, area feed yards are currently seeing profits for fed cattle of about $150 to $200 per head. But Miller says profit margins are likely to dwindle and could be around the break-even mark when cattle that are coming into the yards today are eventually sold to packers about six months from now. Miller says the big reason profit margins are threatened is the fact that the prices feed yards are paying to buy replacement cattle continue to be forced higher due to herd reduction brought about by drought. Even though it seems like here locally we've had lots of good rain, good precipitation, that's not true for the whole country. If you look up at what we call the Corn Belt or even if you go over into that Missouri area, you know, they've still been harvesting quite a few cows because they've been in a drought. And so we're no way out of this drought and bottomed out yet. So we're still harvesting cows, we're still harvesting heifers until we start retaining the cows or the heifers and not sending them to town. You know, this thing's going to get tight. As one example of how much feeder cattle prices have risen, you can look at the August futures contract, which in recent days has been running right around $247 per hundredweight. That's about $75 higher than where the August price was a year ago. Now here's a quick reminder about an upcoming Texas A&M AgriLife event. There are still openings for anyone who would like to attend one of the two grain grading workshops AgriLife is hosting August 1st and 2nd in Amarillo. Contact AgriLife for more information or search online with the words Amarillo Grain Grading Workshops. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas rural land market is cooling off a bit. Tom Nicoletti looks at some recent rural land sales. My guest is Tyler Jacobs. He is Holland Hall LLP partner broker from the College Station area. Tyler, we discussed uh, land sales a couple of months ago in Texas. We have more of them that have closed and finalized, and we'll start on the South Plains. You bet. Always glad to report the sales to you, Tom, where we get them from a third party and the brokers participate in reporting these. And so this was an interesting sale in Southern Bailey County, 295 acres. It was an expired CRP track that had been in CRP a long time, covered in good grass and trees, closed for $932 an acre. That was very close to list price. It was on the market for about six months. 
Another one on the edge of the big country west of Fort Worth. So there at Eastland County around Cisco, there was a 260-acre sale. And this was what you expect to see in that country, out of an old recreational ranch. It sold for $5,068 an acre. It took eight months to sell, but just notable on it is, is it sold at 66% of the original list price. So it had to go through a price reduction to get it sold. And I think that just is a statement of where the market's at. And quickly, a third one, Northeast Texas. So this was over in in Decab, up on the river in Bowie County, 445 acres. This was a really interesting sale. This was a waterfowl hunting ranch on the river. It had 11 waterfowl impoundments and a bunch of wetlands reserve ground on it. So a really, really top-end native hunting ranch in Northeast Texas with abundant water, sold for almost $3,000 an acre and was only on the market for four months. How do land sales look in the hill country? We had a 2,209-acre sale in Menard. Real nice little hill country ranch, low-fenced, well-managed. Sold really close to list at 2450 an acre and was only on the market three months. Then we uh, head over to East Texas, Tyler, for another property that sold recently. There was a, a nice little unimproved sale there at Grapeland, 257 acres in Houston County. A little bit of timber, a little bit of pasture, was managed really well for wildlife, sold for $5,048 an acre, but it was on the market 16 months and did have to go through one price reduction. And then we head down to South Texas for our final look at uh, a land sale. You bet. This is a unique sale. Sometimes it, it, it reports that sometimes you can buy it cheaper than you can build it. 390 acres. High fence, game fenced ranch with some nice improvement. Sold for $4,230 an acre. It was on the market for nine months. Had a really nice record of, of the game management and what it produced. And, and it sold really well. Seems to me like there's some evidence here of, of the importance of pricing these properties right. When you price right, they sell well. Very good, Tyler. That is Tyler Jacobs. He is a Hall & Hall LLP partner broker joining us from the College Station area. With some of the recent rural land sales in the state, I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Grab your fishing pole and tackle box. A handful of Texas lakes have been ranked among the best in the nation for bass fishing. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And cattle need a lot of water in this hot summer heat and humidity. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I listen to radio to stay up on news, weather, current events around the local community. It keeps me up to date with everything going on in the world. It kind of just takes my mind off of the drive, getting some relevant information that's in time. It's always nice to know what's going on. Okay, what can I do? Well, I'll listen to the what's coming up and you can plan your day. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Cattle need a lot of water in this Texas summer heat and humidity. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at just how much they need. 
The folks at Nebraska Extension Service indicate the easy answer is that cows need two gallons of water per hundred pounds of body weight per day. Bulls and dry cows need one and one half gallons of water per hundred pounds of body weight. So that would be 30 gallons per day for a 1,500 pound pregnant or lactating cow and just over 22 gallons for a 1,500 pound bull or dry cow. However, it's not that simple as water needs are related to temperature, class of livestock, weight of livestock, and stage of production. Spring calving cows need about 24 gallons of water per day for themselves and another 5 to 10 gallons per day for their calf in this heat. Nursing calves meet some of their daily water needs from nursing, but calves still need access to water, so make sure that calves have the ability to get to the water in a tank after the level of water in the tank has decreased. Water quality is also critical. One concern is the amount of nitrates in the water, especially in drought conditions. And you have to add in the amount of nitrates cattle get in the feed plus the water. The same level of nitrates in the water for adult cattle is 100 parts per million, and sulfate also has a limit of 1,000 parts per million. Blue-green algae is common in stagnant farm ponds in the summer and is toxic to most animals, including cattle. You will notice the surface of the water being various colors, like light green or turquoise but can be any color. Water temperature and sunlight causes the algae bloom, and if cattle drink the water, symptoms include lack of coordination, labored breathing, seizures, and death. So do not allow animals to drink from these ponds. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Several Texas lakes have been ranked among the best in the nation for bass fishing. Jessica Domel tells which ones in today's wildlife report. A Texas reservoir has been named the top best bass lake in the nation by Bassmaster. According to the organization, after months of gathering data on hundreds of the best lakes in the nation, OHIV on the Colorado and Concho Rivers and Concho, Coleman and Runnels County rose to the top. For the past few years, OHIV has produced dozens of largemouth bass weighing more than 13 pounds. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, over the past three Toyota share lunker collection seasons, anglers caught 39 combined lunkers over 13 pounds and loaned them to the Toyota share lunker program for selective breeding. Even after the loaning period was over, anglers continued to reel in large bass at the lake. Another Texas water body also made Bassmaster's top 100 bass fishing lakes. Toledo Bend Reservoir on the Sabine River between Texas and Louisiana was number six on this year's list, following Ben Milliken's showing at the St. Croix Bassmaster Open. Milliken, a New Caney resident, won the tournament with 77 pounds, 14 ounces of fish caught on the lake. That is the largest three-day open in BASS history. A few Texas lakes also made Bassmasters Best Lakes 2023 for the Central Region. OHIV topped the list, while Toledo Bend came in second. Lake Fork came in at number three on the Central list. Possum Kingdom followed at spot four. Sam Rayburn Reservoir was ranked number eight. Caddo Lake was ranked number 11. Lake Falcon was number 15 for the Central Region. Lake Nacogdoches at 17. Lake Conroe at 19. And Lake Texoma was the 25th best bass lake for the Central Region this year. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a big turnaround in the cattle market Thursday. We hit contract highs, then backed it off to close lower. We'll check out all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. 
Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? Anytime I'm talking to a friend about new music and I don't know what it is, it's probably because they were listening to radio and I was. I'm nosy. I like to know what's going on, and radio usually is right there telling me what and when is going on and where it's going on. Oh, listen in the barn, skid loader, tractor, and just about anywhere you can. When you put the lights on in the barn, the radio went on. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had a big turnaround in the cattle market on Wednesday. By midday, we had sharp gains, contract setting new life of contract highs. However, we couldn't hang on to those gains. The market turned around and closed in the red. August live cattle dropped a dollar, closing at 180.32. October down 97 cents at 182.75. December live cattle down a dollar five, one eighty five ninety seven. Feeder cattle lower also. August feeders dropped a dollar seventy two forty five ten. September feeder cattle down a dollar two two forty eight thirty. With October feeders dropping seventy two cents two forty nine eighty two. Cash fed cattle market still mostly quiet for the week. Although we have seen some sales in the northern plains. They sold cattle at 188 on a live basis, about 3,000 head reported sold at that price. Down here in the Southern Plains, the Packers bidding 180, feedlots asking 183 and better this week. Boxed beef prices lower Thursday choice down a dollar 64, 30195, select down a dollar 23 at 27473. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jim Wheeler, Atascosa Livestock, Pleadenton, my guest today. Jim, how'd the Tuesday sale turn out, son? Uh, I ended up with 379 hit. Cow market was still strong. Calf market was very good. Uh, big effort might have been a little bit cheaper today, but that was the way it went. Walk the pins with us. All right. 168 steers, 120 heifers, 66 cows, and 19 bulls. Steer side, two to three weights, 230 to 290. Heifers were $1.80 to 260. Three to four weight steers, 220 to 275. Heifers were $1.70 to $1.45. Four to five weight steers, 205 to 260. Heifers were $1.70 to 235. Five to six weight steers, $1.90 to 236. Heifers were $1.65 to 220. Six seven weight steers, $1.70 to 220. Heifers were $1.45 to 205. Seven eight weight steers, a dollar sixty-five to two oh eight. Heifers were a dollar forty to a dollar eighty. Eight to nine weight steers, a dollar fifty-five to a dollar ninety. And the heifers were a dollar fifty-five to a dollar seventy. What'd they have on cows? Uh two fourteen, steady from last week. Best biker cow brought a dollar eight fifty. Best bull brought a dollar twenty-three. Sold bread cows anywhere from seven fifty to fifteen twenty-five. And we kept one little pair together today. She brought twelve fifty. Are you aware of anything for next week? Yeah, there'll be some more coming. Another man's cleaning up. He's going to sell a few more older cows. They've got some big yearlings he didn't catch. Three thirty, forty head up probably. Uh, should end up with around uh, 350 to 400 again next week. Unless it rains. Unless it rains. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. 
Reach us at 830-569-2516. Jim, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And neighbor, thank you for listening to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. My name's Larry Marble. I put it all together, and we do so right here on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs took a sharp jump higher on Thursday. August hogs up two seventy to close at one hundred dollars sixty two cents. October limit up three dollars, closing at eighty four seventy two. Class three milk was mixed. Nearby July milk down four cents thirteen eighty a hundredweight. August milk up sixty eight at sixteen forty two a hundred. Slightly higher close in the cotton market on Thursday. We had the weekly export sales report released Thursday morning, but it really didn't do much for the market. Not much news in there to excite traders. The dollar also moving a bit higher. That kept a lid on any price gains. October cotton up 31 points, 85.93. The December up 56 at 84.31. The corn market took a breather from the several gains we've seen over the past few days. However, we're still looking at a hot, dry forecast for the corn belt, so that limited any losses. September corn dropped eight and a quarter, five thirty-seven and a quarter. December corn down six and three quarters, five forty-six and a quarter, with March corn down five and three quarters, five fifty-seven and a half. The wheat market closed mostly higher on Thursday. Support coming from more Russian attacks on Ukrainian ports. This time they attacked two different ports and that pushed hard wheat prices higher. September Kansas City wheat up eight cents, eight seventy-four and three quarters. December wheat up eight and a quarter at eight eighty and three quarters. However, the soft wheat market didn't really move much despite the Russian attack. September Chicago wheat down three quarters, 727 a bushel, with December up three quarters, 746 and a quarter. In the energy markets, August natural gas up 14 cents at 274. August West Texas crude up 28 at 7563 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Thursday afternoon. The Dow up 139 points at 35,200. The Nasdaq down 283 at 14,074. The S&P down 30, 4,534. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.